Hey everybody, this is Kev from Five Fins. Just wanted to give you a heads up before the episode started. Dan had some problems with his audio during the recording of this. Um, we did not know until the episode had already been recorded, but you are probably going to be able to notice it, especially towards the beginning of the podcast. We did everything we could to, uh, to get the audio exactly right, uh, but it was off-timed and sounded a little... Sounds a little muffled, like a pretty bad Zoom connection, even though we didn't do it over Zoom. Um, that's the first thing. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Our apologies about that. The second thing, I apologize for the late uploads. We've been trying to put one of these up at towards the beginning of the month. Obviously, now we're a little bit behind schedule, so I think this one and probably the May episode are going to be late, but we're doing the best we can. Um, you know, we're two guys who have jobs and other things going on, so sometimes things get a little jumbled up. So we apologize for the technical difficulty here and uh, for the late podcast upload, but we promise we're putting one up uh, every month, so it might end up being towards the middle or end of May that the next one goes up, but we're going to try our absolute darndest to keep that promise of putting up uh, one per month. So we apologize about the technical difficulty and the late uh, upload, but it was still a fun episode. We hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Here's my impression of Dan. I am giving this song five fins. Not for any good reason, but because I can. There's something in the artistic nature of, of Dan's fin rankings. It just, it drives me crazy. Hello out there. Hello. World, <laughs> we're back. We're back, and we're talking about fish. It's five fins. <laughs> it's April of 2023. We're recording on April Fool's Day, but this is no prank. This is for real. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? This episode never aired. <laughs> I there is no silent third podcaster, Mike. I am <laughs> silent third podcaster, Mike. <laughs> It's like Scooby Doo rip off the mask. Like, <laughs> wait, Fred Herring. Let's see who this thir- silent third podcaster really is. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dan. We unfortunately, it's always lovely chatting with you, but unfortunately, we have to get down to brass tacks because there's just way too much. Yeah, I agree. The spelling of brass tacks is just, it doesn't make any sense. The the auction house, it's, you know, i there's no way that that's how you pronounce that word. Oh, you meant, you meant I've actual never, I've never actually tacks. gotten down to any kind of brass tacks. That's an interesting historical <laughs> observation, and I am now very interested to find out about that. So guess who will be watching YouTube documentaries about the history of brass in the next couple of days? This guy. Our May episode is not going to be about fish. It's going to be about the brass industry in America, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> and if you're like, oh, brass instruments? No, 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 no. Just the actual just the actual manufacturing of it. So it's uh, it's going to be a little dry, but uh, we're just going to give you a heads up. Uh, but <laughs> we are wasting time, and we don't have any time to waste because we have a three-set show to talk about. But wow. what we should begin talking about is the fact that we are talking about the band Fish, mm-hmm. as we always are. But this time we're talking about them in the 1980s. Whoa. Granted, the last possible year of the 1980s. We're talking about 
the fish show that took place on February 6th. February. I have trouble saying that word, so I'm going to say it as little as possible. The second month of the year. You could just call it Feb. Feb, just call Feb, it Feb. 6, 1989. <laughs> At the front in Burlington, Vermont, we are talking about the band in their original environment at one of the original and most uh, sort of important clubs in the band's yeah. uh, history and development. Um, they played the front a ton between 1988 and 1990. Um, they, uh, I think they did end up playing there a couple times in the early 90s, but they were a little bit on their way to larger stardom. But suffice to say, this is where the band cut their teeth, as they say. We're using a lot of old-timey slang <laughs> here <laughs> early on <laughs> in the episode. Uh you know, I stockings. was curious yeah, when they were, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> I'll think of something later. We'll, we'll start their biscuits. We'll <laughs> they, I wanted to do this show for a, a couple different reasons. One of them is that we haven't actually hit a 1980s show on the podcast yet. We technically recorded one from a while ago, but that will not see the light of day. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's, that's not going to happen. But the second reason I wanted to do it was uh, actually related to a show that happened a little bit before this show, which was on uh, January 26th of 1989. That was at the Paradise in Boston, Massachusetts. This is a famous fish show uh, for for several reasons that are not musical. Um, so uh, it was... Um, you know, basically, even the first sentence of the Fish.net page says uh, this was the band's first major gig in Boston. They um, essentially, you can get a, a better version of this story on the Long May They Run podcast. They talk about nice. the, how this. Uh, so we'll give them a, a plug there. They they um, give a great story of how this happened. But essentially, the band's first manager, or you know, I think the titles were a little more fluid, and however you want to define him and John Paluska, and however that worked. But Ben Ben Hunter. Uh, who's technically the namesake of Junta, Junta, their first oh. uh, record, uh, was became a fan of theirs and lived in Boston and wanted to book gigs. And he was talking to the person who was running the, uh, the Paradise at the time. And essentially what they did, which was uncharacteristic of them, but they basically did a pay-to-play. You know, they, uh, they, they paid a certain amount and then they, ch they sold the tickets themselves. They brought a bunch of people down from... Burlington on buses and people were carpooling and all this just to get down to uh to or you know to get to get over to uh Boston to see the band play and um you know this was um you know it's a very important gig I think for them uh in terms of maybe establishing themselves as a more serious uh you know uh, attraction in in the area at the time we're talking of course about a very early period of the band still you know, where they were not, it was not the type of thing where they would show up in Boston, people would automatically book them, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's interesting because um, this gig is very important. You can, of course, listen to this on archival release. Um, it's an interesting show. I wouldn't actually uh, qualify it myself as necessarily a great show, though, of course, like all set lists from this period, if you were to look at it, you go, oh, my God, it's amazing <laughs> that they do all these things. But, um, you know, it's um, it's a good show, uh, but it's not great. Um, one thing about that performance, this is the, I'm still talking about the January 26th, 1989 show, is that they open with I Didn't Know, 
which of course we're going to get to in this show as well. Oh, but I like, didn't know that. It, <laughs> that just blows my mind that like you would do this big gig and take this huge risk and pay money. They paid $1,500 and they had to sell tickets themselves and they did all this stuff. <laughs> and then they opened with, I didn't know, like of all the things they could possibly do. I just find it very interesting. And it's the sort of, the sort of sets the tone, you know, going forward about their like, you know, this is our big gig, but we're also still, we're very fish. Like we're, we're, uh, you know, and like Trey's mom is there. Like it's it's an interesting <laughs> show. So definitely a tape worth listening to. We'll probably get to it at some point. But I wanted to read to you, Dan, um, since this is story time here at the I beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, g- sit cross-legged on the floor and I'm going to read you. Uh, this is from Paige. The puppy uh, who lost his way. The f- <laughs> this is the band who booked a gig in <laughs> Boston. No, this is from... Um, this is from page uh, 19 and 20 of the Fish book. This is Mike Gordon speaking, the bass player for Fish. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, "He says the big hyped-up gigs aren't often or often aren't my favorites, and that's probably true for most of the band. When we were starting touring in 1988, we played one landmark gig after another. The first time we played the Paradise in Boston, for example, or the first time we played for a thousand people at the University of Massachusetts." When we played the Paradise, we'd never seen 650 people in a room before. Looking out at them through this little window before the gig was one of the most exciting moments of my life. But the show itself wasn't a peak musical experience at all. (laughs) I remember it as raunchy noise. (laughs) Interesting description. The following night, however, was a a musical thrill because we'd been relieved of the pressure of playing a big rock club for the first time. So they definitely played... uh, the front the night before the night we're talking about and they played somewhere else after that so the, technically the night mike's talking about is not the show that we're doing but it's the right. next available tape that you can get is this show that we're doing um and this show has a very homey uh feel to it obviously they're in they're in their home environment this is uh this show takes place on February 6th of 1989, on May 8th of 1989, Fish puts out their first album ever. Uh, their first actual LP, Junta, comes out. Um, so Fish does not have an album out at the t- point that we're listening to this show. So this is definitely an embryonic form of the band, even though they have been around for a few years with this lineup at this point. Um feel like I've done a lot of talking here, but just that was kind of a, you know, sort of set up to what we're dealing with, the kind of the early version of the band. And I wanted to know, Dan, what uh, what were your just overall impressions listening to the tape before we get into the specifics? Well, it's a pretty good tape, I would say, recording-wise. There's a lot of stuff, though, that is questionable. The, the, the levels fluctuate a few times, and there is one moment in particular that um, I'm sure... I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know yeah. what you mean. There's, there's a couple um, hiccups, but there's one major thing that happens, but yeah, okay. Big <laughs> time. Um, the show overall, uh, I, I think... I don't know if you'll be surprised, but you might end up being surprised about my uh, some of my takes here. I have a feeling it's going to be an interesting episode in this regard. And I think um because it's a it's a three set show um though not in the sense of uh almost like the epic like <laughs> lemon wheel level stuff that we did in the first time it's kind of 
Right. You know, they're a band playing at a they're band playing three sets at a club. And also, can I also go out on a limb here early on and just be like, yeah, I think um, I think I'm gonna outrank you on probably pretty much every song <laughs> on this tape. I, I well, don't, let's let's not get ahead I, of ourselves, I, but there's a probable chance that you will do that more than a couple times. There's n- there's nowhere to go but to dive right into it, uh, right? And uh, we jump right into set one of three. We're at the front. We're in Burlington, Vermont. The band in its original setting with its original fans. We open with Susie Greenberg. Mm. I liked I liked Susie Greenberg a lot. Did you? I think it's an interesting way to begin this show. Um, I just realized just now as we were recording this, I did not do the this many times out of 1989 <laughs> that I usually do. <laughs> so I'll just apologize for that outright. Also, since it would we're starting probably to play, be slightly less interesting though than than the other years. I'll, yeah, there you go. That's why I didn't do it because it'd be less interesting, not because I re- didn't get not ahead of the story. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, that's that's the key. Uh, and if you would like to uh, yell at us, you can yell at me directly uh, at uh, our email is five fins mailbag at gmail dot com. That's p h i v e p h i n s mailbag at gmail dot com. Send a voice message even. Uh, send a voice if we anything you can send through email uh just pictures <laughs> middle fingers nothing vulgar just you sending right. a middle finger send the vulgar stuff dan's mailbag at gmail <laughs> yes send definitely spend more of your life being angry that i didn't do this than just looking up how many times they played these songs in 1989 <laughs> definitely good <laughs> usage of your time i was interested in uh susie because I think it it's sort of a funny way to start this show in the sense that it's um it's kind of the right way, I think, to express exactly what's going on sonically with the band at this point. So right away, if you're listening to the tape and you're used to other stuff and like you and I are either nineties or beyond, you notice that the tempos are slower a little bit. It is jarring. <laughs> the band sounds very different, page sounds different. Trey's voice is very different. Trey is a 25-year-old kid who's uh, singing his ass off, but <laughs> but uh, it's in sort of an interesting, uh, some might say nerdy version of a, of the tone of his voice. I would say um, that. You better put that woman in the loony because you know I'd really like to part of her show. Susie is an artist, and she paints quite a lot. An artist she may be, but a genius she is not. She says she wants to be a sociologist, but she better first get checked by a neurologist. Yeah, this is probably, yeah, just one of the many times throughout this podcast where I'm just going to come off the top rope and be like, I just find all of it very charming and fun. And I just sort of, I think I have an easy time picturing myself, like as if, you know, when you and I went to college, it's like if we went to like a bar around town and saw like a band like this, I'm definitely much more partial to later eras of them, but I I really enjoy what I hear from this. Um, And part of it is... is, uh, something like in Susie where Trey plays the 
Trey's solos have such like a strong conviction to them in a way that obviously Susie would basically become a piano showcase from and synth showcase from there on out. And so just to hear that was kind of interesting. You know, there's there's things about the tape I don't love. I do think Paige is like slightly louder than he needs to be, and I think he's drowning out a little bit of uh, Fishman and Mike. I feel like there's there's not as much low end on this. You know, not to shade somebody taping in 1989. I'm so happy that <laughs> we have the ability to listen to shows like this, so <laughs> not to be like that kind of thing. But I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I like this a lot. I gave it 4.3 fins. What did you rank Susie Greenberg? Okay, not bad. So I was not a huge fan of this version. Um, the Trey stuff obviously was really, really good, and Paige is very, very good on the normal keyboard. But to me, it just didn't feel as good as when Paige has a th- synthesizer. <laughs> I like synthesizers. I like them a lot. They are maybe one of my favorite things, you know, like <laughs> Rollins and Profits and Moog something <laughs> and Oberheim Moog. and and Moog. Yes, thank you, Kev. I I still did give it a 4 though, which as you know is a bit of a low ranking for me. Um but just to jump out right ahead, since I know we got a long show ahead of us as well. Speaking of slot machines, which we know Susie is about as faithful as, um, do you know, Kev, when slot machines were invented? I'll give you a whole decade. <laughs> is this the sneak attack? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sneak attack. Ooh, God, it gets, gets better, better every time. time. Better every time. Oh, man. One-armed bandit. When did when was the one-armed bandit invented? Let's see. I mean, probably like right off the bat too. Oh God! I mean, there was. <laughs> this is a great one. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Isn't it good? I'll go with like the thirties. Oh, oh my way friend. Late. Way late. Oh uh, yeah, way late. Eighteen nineties. Nineties. Wow. Yeah. I was wondering if like the Atlantic City like Boardwalk Empire. I was like, did they have? Yeah, they must have had slot They machines. must have, yeah, at that point, for sure. So it, it was originally invented by two people in All New I York. All I can think of is Tom Waits, the one-armed band. It's no <laughs> <laughs> and then it was also like simultaneously, but not simultaneously. I don't know how things worked back then. They didn't have the internet, so they don't matter. Or Frank um, Zappa, pull a few it was, handles yes. drink a few beers. Drink a few beers. <laughs> oh, Lord, I. Um, Ethel. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not the last time Zappa will be brought up on the podcast. Well, sort of. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the slot slot machine was invented in the 1890s. Wow. It originally featured an entire deck of cards, which, obviously, the owners of the establishment would, would remove a few of them to prevent you from ever getting a royal flush and hitting the jackpot. And then a couple of brothers out west made the version that we know and love wow. today. Wow. You would actually get, so you would actually get a hand or of before. cards. You'd be like, oh, I have a full house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like a poker That's hand. That's hilarious. Yeah. And it wouldn't, you wouldn't get paid initially. It wasn't money for the one with the cards. It was like if you had a, a flush or something, then it'd be like a round of drinks for everybody. Um, stuff like that. And it was only a nickel to play, which probably was a lot of money back then. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I, I think I remember my grandfather telling me they would, like, bowl, and it was, like, a big deal if you bet, like, yeah, if you bet, like, a dime, I was, like, you're, like, all in. <laughs> it's a different time. Wow, that's that's one of your best sneak attacks of all time, the decade that 
Thank you. I like Thank you. I like it that does you, get better. It really every does. Time. That's not I like that like you've... an exaggeration. Just lulling you into a soft sense of of complacency, and then I'll strike again. Because I was looking up like when songs debuted, and I was like, I wonder if one of these will be what he asks. And then I was, of course, it says <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> Our next track is the curtain. That's mm-hmm. not the curtain with so um this is definitely the first version of just of the curtain with we've hit right but how did we even hit one with the with with the with part i don't think so unless we got one again um, this is the kind of professionalism you tune in for uh, absolutely <laughs> this is to uh have us another thing i've always meant to do is like make a whole spreadsheet of like what songs we've hit because i feel like if i had to bet i feel like we've hit like punch you in the eye more than i would have ever <laughs> expected <laughs> but when we started yeah probably um but i don't think we probably hit less songs than fish played during baker's yeah. dozen <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely hit like several repeats and then i'll be listening to fish just you know not for the podcast and be like do we even have we even done this have we done like 17 episodes so <laughs> with the curtain um this is an example of uh, Fish uh, in their early composed era working out uh, a relatively new song. I mean, all the songs at this point are relatively new because they're a relatively young band. There's something about this uh, gig that I thought was interesting. I was struggling as I was listening to it to try to think about like what word I would use to kind of describe the jamming, or, or their, not even the jamming, but just the style of play that they have at this time. And I'm like, fragile? Would that be the right term? Like you, it feels like at a certain point, like everything could fall apart, (laughs) and sometimes it does. It almost feels like manic. Yeah, yeah, that's probably in play too. Because like, um, in comparison to the 1991 show we did, like I think when you and I were talking about that show, we both sort of had a little bit of the same feeling of like they're really good in the composed parts of this, and it's really tight and really solid. It's not super jammy you know that that era of the band is yes. not very jam oriented they're they they do not really have a lot of the same jam vehicles um and this is two years we did that that was in march 1991 so this is like two years and a little bit after that or you know before that i should say and um they're definitely a different band at this time you know they've they've written less songs first first of all <laughs> you know they don't have you know Song, you know, some of those like stalwart 1990s songs that they're going to maintain, and ha- you know, they don't have like a chalk dust torture and stuff in their pocket <laughs> to just sort of play forever. So they're kind of relying on on different types of songs at this point. But uh, the curtain, in terms of the performance of this, I really liked it. Um, outside of the sloppy intro, I I like, uh, <laughs> and this is I'm assuming going to be a point of disagreement, but I'm just going to say it outright. What? I kind of like. Pages like really weird chintzy keyboard tones, almost from a nostalgic, weird sort of like. I picture him sitting there on a milk crate playing this weird keyboard, and it it he's still really good. So made out of milk crates, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I think that the uh, performance of this is pretty good. It's not great, but it's uh, you know it it's it's I I would say it's a little bit. Uh, I I gave it a little bit of an extra boost. It was pretty solid. They got through the composed sections well, and I just like the sound of it at this time like when it's still a very new song that you can tell is uh, very hard for them to play and I think it's one of those things where you take stuff for granted as a fish fan you're like oh yeah that's just a song they do all the time but to learn all of that stuff they're obviously still 
sweating it out. gave this a 4.2 there's no way a curtain wow. there's no way a curtain without the with part can ever get um a five for me though i think that's uh, safe to say four and a half is like the ceiling well we have hit our first uh interesting moment then i actually gave curtain a 4.5 based solely on like the sonic experience of it i i don't necessarily like pages uh keyboard tones for a lot of the other stuff always but um on this one i i did like it i originally had given it a four but there's a moment later in the show that actually had me go and reassess some of my earlier ratings because i was like you know i must have just not been paying very close first time through besides like you said the sloppy intro the rest of it was like so tight and it just sounded really nice sonically and, uh, of course, everyone loves a with, uh, rather than a without. This is America, after all. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I just went with the 4.5. It's pretty standard rating for me, you know? I feel like most of the time this would end up being a 5. Yeah, I, um, I ended up ranking a lot of stuff in that range as well. And I think that's probably because, for me, this feels like, um... This feels like an era where they can't, uh, <laughs> there's like a ceiling, you know, like the, uh, if, if in a lot of ways, I think five is the ceiling for me, um, in this, in this period where I'm like, they can do something really well based on the time period that we're talking about, but you're not, I we're not in a time like even 1993, you know, where something can absolutely break out and become massive and they were super tight with the composed sections like they they'd just been pounding them into the ground for five years at that point whatever um this is still like that's what i meant by the fragility of it is this almost feels like they're like um there must be italian <laughs> trace <laughs> fragile this this says fragile it, i don't know a lot of my rankings ended up around there i will be curious to see where yours rank but one song that i did like very much is the song that they kind of slam into in a way coming out of the curtain which is the track Wilson mm -hmm. of the Game Hinge Saga Fish Fan favorite a classic of the band we're hearing it in its original incarnation in some ways this begins with a really cool jam and um, is it safe to say that this is like one of the best jams of the entire show <laughs> the intro to Wilson which is kind wow. of uh, I don't know about there's, I don't know if I go that there, far. There are a few that are good uh, w towards the towards the back third of the show. But uh, right. definitely for the first half, I think I would nod to this. I really just enjoyed the, the intro part of this a lot. 
again with the kind of uh, the performance style of the band at this time um, I I like hearing a song like Wilson a lot there's an intensity to it and I was intensity was the word I was originally thinking about using but it's not really exactly it doesn't feel exactly right because like the band definitely played more intensely in the early 90s like if you heard like 1992 versions of, of a lot of these songs they would s you would argue that they were more intense but it's almost like they're trying to the intensity is almost like them trying to be more there's still a very progressive rock element going on <laughs> with the band at this time. I, th I thought Wilson was great. I really liked the intro a lot. I thought it was well played. It's kind of that walking on eggshells thing through the composed parts of this, but it still feels like they're, I don't know, these different sections of composed parts that as the band goes forward, you feel like is sort of just an automatic thing. You're like, oh yeah, Wilson, I've heard this a million times. It really feels like, again, I don't know how to say this. Uh, it sounds negative, but like in a good way, like they're sweating it out, <laughs> you know, like they're really <laughs> trying hard to pull this stuff off in front of an audience. And um, and uh, I, th I liked it a lot. So I, I actually gave uh, Wilson six fins. Jeez, I gave an extra fin for crime and I don't think I, I, can't, I can't work like this anymore. Um, <laughs> I, they're, they're putting chemicals in the podcast to make Kevin gay. Um <laughs> Trey's putting <laughs> notes in the tape. Trey's, Trey's putting uh, sounds. Like <laughs> solos. <laughs> so I normally, as you know, Wilson is a song that I usually just kind of throw fins at willy-nilly myself anyway. So it would be a good contender. I um, sense a butt coming. But I, I, there's a, a big butt, and I cannot wow. lie. Um, <laughs> I'm just all over these like late 80s, 90s references. Yeah, um, 1989, you know. I, yeah, I, th I threw Wilson. I gave it four fins. Now, hear me out. Here's why. It's not really Fish's fault, I should say. I actually did the teacher move, and I took a fin away from the whole class because the people in the crowd should have invented the Wilson chant earlier in the career of Fish. It took far too long for them to get to that <laughs> stage it's 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 slightly offensive to me i don't know how they didn't smell it out right away you know it just feels so natural so i said to the class i said you know what if if timmy if you didn't bring enough gum for the whole class then guess what <laughs> nobody gets to chew gum in the class anymore so i took away an entire fin not to say i didn't like the performance of of wilson i do have to say though i'm not a big fan of how they ended it you know the the Flat boom going back into the song a little bit is usually my bag, and this one just jumps right into the next song. Which wow, I see. I mean, I, lo one, I loved that because of the next song, and that like he's mimicking the intro to the next song. <laughs> I did think that in if they were to try this now though they would do they would reprise Wilson after Peaches, right? Like that would be that would have been the ultimate yeah. idea is to then do that do Peaches and then do Plat boom do, do, do. Right. But you know, they were trying <laughs> that would be, be so, so cool. Awesome. But they, they were trying stuff out. I, I I don't mind that. You know what the funniest thing about what you just said about the Wilson? I, I knew you were going to say that. I literally knew it. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be your thing. <laughs> because you've made you've made this point before where you like penalized the earlier band for not for them not having like fan chance that started later, right. which is a really weird uh, point of criticism. <laughs> but you know, I mean, also one thing that's funny is when they do dead at dead at. Doesn't your brain just naturally go? Oh, I'm about to hear how many thousand people just absolutely lose their mind, and it's like, oh no, it's just a yeah. it's just a nightclub in Burlington. They're d- everyone's just, just hanging silence. out watching the show, <laughs> you know? No, not even the just the car- crowd participation, but just the like. Oh shit! They're playing Wilson. Like freak out! You don't even get that because it's just like right. Yeah, no, it's yeah. just a band playing. Yeah, you know. But I actually, I don't know. I don't. I'm not into this like blaming them for <laughs> the things at the time. He said after giving uh, down with the C's three and a half <laughs> in that one episode, you were really <laughs> mad at me. But like, you know, well, that's because you were wrong and I was right. Wilson's Wilson. This is a great. This is a cool version. It's got a great intro. I liked it a lot. Um. So wow, that's like a t- I I outfinned you by two fins. That's gotta be yeah. That's probably the biggest spread the opposite direction that Can we Can I throw had. a um, little sidebar out here out of nowhere? This is so super random. Just out of, for, for, for no reason at all, I re-listened to part of our first episode just because I didn't remember <laughs> anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> and I wanted to say a couple, two things. One was that like 20 minutes in, or s- I didn't listen to like the whole thing, but I just skipped to a random part. Like 20 or 25 minutes in, we're already talking about changing the <laughs> fin ranking system, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> By the way, if you don't know how we're ranking, uh, since we're we're here, we're playing five fins. We rank uh, songs one through five fins, and then every time uh, we rank a song below five fins, we are allowed to use the extra fins. So, for example, if you were to rate a song uh, four, like Dan just did, he's now able to use that fin whenever he wants to, either on the next song, in the next set, or the next show, or whenever he wants. And I need all of them. I promise you. And that. I'm also um, gonna say this too. I did not even add mine up, so I'm just uh, mine are just optional at this point because because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just I, I'm just tired of doing math. So if you want to pick up the fins, are op- uh, it's optional. But Dan always picks them up because that's the way he plays the game. Yep, I like exaggeration. So I'm going to need fins to exaggerate in the future. That was the first thing is we talked about changing the fin ranking system, <laughs> which we totally did, obviously, a bunch of ways. We added decimal points and we added this wrinkle. Well, I think we even went from three to five, at, right? Wasn't that? <laughs> well, we recorded one where you did three, <laughs> I did five. We just rolled with it, but we didn't put that out. <laughs> no, we were. It was always five <laughs> that we put out. But then the other thing I noticed was that uh, like five minutes after that or something, I'm ta- I was like, I'm actually scolding you at one point for not giving enough fins on something. So there you go. I guess we've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't believe when I was hearing that because you gave something a four, I think, when we were just doing the no decimal points and I gave it a five. And I was like, man. How far, like, wow, we've really come a long ways. We changed it. <laughs> we did change the system. But then I was, Dan was the one underranking stuff back then. That's crazy. But, hey, it's pretty weird. Uh, but That's as you mentioned weird. before, Wilson ends. And then uh, instead of doing the blat, boom, ba-da-ba-doo, ba-ba-doo, he goes, and they go into Peaches and Regalia, the song. I did not underrank this one. By Frank Zappa from the album Hot Rats. I like this. Um, I thought that the performance was really good. One thing that really stuck out to me about this, but also about the first set of the show, 
cage sounds really good to me. Obviously, you have the uh, the difference in the tone, which like you know you have to negotiate that. But right. uh, in terms of his um, actual playing, I feel like he's he's really on the ball, especially beginning with this tune, which is interesting considering that of course uh, fish fans. Hardcore fish fans like myself will know this that uh, uh, Paige McConnell is um, is not a fan of Frank Zappa, <laughs> and uh, out of the right. four of them is very much like the detractor, and supposedly was the um, you know the deciding no vote on them doing Joe's Garage for Halloween um, that would have happened instead of Quadrophenia, which um, I have to actually say I. Even though I love Joe's Garage and I love Fish, I almost wonder if Fish doing Joe's Garage would have been a bad idea. Like looking back on it now, yeah, you know what I mean? um, he might. I think they made the right choice. It's kind of like I was thinking. Like, it's almost like how would you compare this? It's almost like New Coke or something. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna compete <laughs> with Pepsi, so let's <laughs> just make Fish. It's like there's something about Fish that like there's some like obviously as much as they are influenced by Zappa, especially Trey and Fishman. You know, there's kind of a like you don't want to get that influence so much that it's it's you know you don't want to isolate the people who like fish enough. Yeah, and and honestly, Zappa also had like that element of the the, I think, Trey, could do a Zappa like cover like that with Tab because Trey is like you know and uh, in Tab he is the conductor, and they could like, do like the um instrumental yeah. guitar heavy like watermelon and easter hay you know what i mean where it's just like <laughs> shredding <laughs> they should just absolutely do harpua and then do billy the mountain in the middle <laughs> yes exactly Poster was a tree growing billy, off the, mountain. Of billy the mountain is now in game henge it's like he's one of the mountains i could get down <laughs> with that although i think he's in uh he must be in california right because he's getting royalties <laughs> <laughs> I like Peaches and Regalia a lot. I gave it four and a half in. What did you rank Peaches and Regalia, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. I gave Peaches a five, and my reasoning was um, my inconsistency is my bag. That is my thing. And uh, I can't defend giving it a five other than the fact that I really like fish, and I really like Frank Zappa, and uh, I like when fish does this song. Even though... I think that it is one now. Like, if when they do this one now, it is better, I think. You know what I mean? Like, with Paige having more equipment and stuff, like, it really fills out the song. Um, but there, there's something about this. Trey's guitar tone is weird, too. When he hits the big part, it's, like, yeah. kind of more compressed sounding, like, in a bad way, um, which is just, I think... A, result of the equipment he had it's not his playing you know it's just sort of the i th that's maybe something about this whole show is like i kind of am able to intellectually separate the idea of look they were playing with the equipment they had they're a band they're still a band and playing primarily in vermont <laughs> you know what i mean they're not like a huge band at this point like um uh you know it's like going back to like tapes of you and i in a band like you can you can be critical of the playing but you can't be like well, well that's the, uh, like those well, are the pedals i well, had at that time <laughs> you know I mean? as rod stewart says i wish that i knew what <laughs> i know now when i was younger i yeah i i liked i liked uh peaches a lot um i i thought about giving it a five but i thought about what you were saying as i actually think when the band is a little bit because they kept doing this and the the the, uh, the tighter band i think uh 
you know, just pulls off stuff like this a lot better. And then the tones got better and stuff as well. So, you know, it's good. It's good. It's a four and a half. That's, that's, that's where I'm going with. Um, and I also did that with our next track, which is the song Fee. This is the first song on the first Fish album, which again came out on May 8th of 1989 may 8th great day for jamming oh, may 8th snap. 1977 grateful dead show may 8th 1989 it was may 8th cornell no? yeah yeah may 77th is Cor- is cornell and then may well 8th, then if that's the case i have no uh <laughs> i can't stop myself right you know kev he is like dark star i'll do it in the next oh. one i'll do i'll do it in the next one but uh, definitely a dark star if comparison. If you did I'd be like, I'm really, I'm actually genuinely curious how you can roll that <laughs> Just that uh, as a spectator. Um, I went with four and a half fins on Fee. I like Fee a lot. Um, same kind of thing. I feel like it's uh, it's cool to listen to. Fishman sort of screws up the beginning, right? Like he starts playing and then and then he's like, wait, we're not going. Oh, now we're going. Okay, cool. It's one of those. It's not super yeah, j- yeah. jarring, but it's definitely kind of funny. on fee we're hearing fee as fee was originally conceived and they're going to record this in three months for their new album and it kind of sounds like that interesting (laughs) well okay i mean i so i gave fee a five right and i'm glad you said the thing about the megaphone because or about the the studio version because i almost dinged this for not having a megaphone but now that i realize that the album wasn't even out yet that's i can i can give that back but um what actually happened was, and part of the reason I gave it a five, is that this one is unironically one of my favorite songs. It's one of the first songs that I like really liked as a young Fish fan. I'm sure you remember that. And uh, today, specifically even, I was walking around the where I live and listening to the show. For people who don't know, Dan lives on a ship to Quebec. Yes. I do, and it only goes yeah. to Quebec. It's just full of it chimpanzees only goes to Quebec, and weasels. Which is, not a, which is a landlocked province, so there's actually there's, no way you can get a ship to Quebec. But anyway, that's yeah. where he lives. Well, they take the St. Lawrence. There are there are <laughs> people who are constantly slicing your nipples left and right. It's a real bizarre place to you, be. But anyway, so I'm walking around the deck of the ship. Cruise line, yeah. And it it took me back to college when I used to walk around or go running and just listen to fish shows and right. dead shows and stuff like that. And so I was like, "We're getting to that point in the year." I went on a walk today. Nice. To like, yep. Yes, walks are back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it just it brought me so back back so hard that I was like, "I'm gonna give this a five, even if someone messes something nice. up." So. Um, but like I said, it is actually one of my favorite songs, not even like one of those where I just say like, oh, that's one of my favorite songs. And uh, everyone goes, you just said that for the last three songs. But this one is actually one that has always been one of my favorite songs. And I got to see this one as well when I was in Albany. So anyway, but you the, weren't uh, there. Uh, <laughs> the podcast has to move on. No, I yeah, I um I actually wrote down in my notes only docked f- uh for no me- for no megaphone. <laughs> so <laughs> I agreed to be on the megaphone. 
the only thing that the only ultimate version is if he tries to sing through the megaphone and it doesn't work and then he has to sing normal that's 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 when it hits its peak uh, right <laughs> but yes uh, i uh the tray i just wrote tray vocal wool too in my notes like there's he is singing his ass <laughs> up and it's so funny it's just like just <laughs> you know <laughs> first met million of bar in peru <laughs> like it's just like so he's singing it like it's the most <laughs> important and is this like this is the first time i ever listened to and i was like was he trying for like is there a little bit of like a bob dylan send up in this almost like i don't think he would actually maybe he wouldn't say, oh, I was making I fun think, of Bob Dylan, but you know what I mean? Like, the idea of doing right. it, he's like, yeah, I have a story song. <laughs> it's about a weasel. <laughs> yeah. Chimpanzee. I, I think that also worth noting is that he probably had drank some glasses of sugar water before the show. So he was <laughs> probably pretty sugar high. and uh, Or before he yeah, wrote both. it. Before he wrote the song. Both. I've always loved that it's the first track on the first Fish album, too. It's like... If you can clear this <laughs> hurdle, <laughs> it's all smooth sailing. <laughs> um, but you know, I yeah, I love it. I'm just walking around my house today, going whoa, I feel right. Um, and you know what's uh, great is that funny. Speaking of funny voices, the next one too has like yes, that thing where the person who is singing is is doing like an impression more than they do now. I feel like oh, absolutely. Um, so the next track. <laughs> this is so good though <laughs> especially coming out of a uh, fee the next track is the song lagrange by zz top what a zz tops you love zz top right yep is there any way to not love zz top is that a thing i've never heard of that but anyway uh if you <laughs> not if you're from this country if you don't love zz top don't email us at five fans <laughs> please <laughs> keep it to yourself <laughs> Um, this is, LaGrange is great, and part of the reason it's great is that, um, coming out of, um, Peaches and Regalia and Fee, those are both kind of like, um, I'm gonna use a kind of music critic word, but kind of like fussy songs, like songs that require yeah. a lot going on, and, uh, LaGrange is like, by the way, um, you're at a bar, and w you know who's a kick-ass bar band? Us. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is kind of, I, I'm gonna circle back to this towards the end of the podcast about what I think about fish in the eighties. This totally plays though into the strength I think that they have at this time, which is that yeah. they are like I would agree. Um yes, we we are tryhards and we're nerds and we, <laughs> we can do all this stuff. And then also we are like we're a, we're a killer bar band and we can really do this. And um Trey just absolutely starts kicking ass. And I think up until this point and through a lot of the show, I would actually say it's mostly a Paige show for me. I'm, I'm very intrigued with what Paige is doing. And again, yeah. if you can get over the kind of sort of chintziness of some of the keyboard tones, like he's uh, he's really bringing it in a way that I didn't anticipate from a 1989 show. But man, I do agree tray on this though yeah. is like uh yep. you know he he pushes he you know uh, throws page over to the passenger and he starts he takes the wheel and starts going 100 miles an hour and it's a very exciting he pats him on the leg he says i got it buddy
this is trade time. We're going by this truck. <laughs> uh, this is, um, I gave, uh, I like LaGrange a lot, and I actually threw a little half an extra fin on there. I went with 5.5 for LaGrange. What did you nice. want, friend, my friend? I, I also went with a 5, and actually, when I was listening to LaGrange while I was walking around today, I, at, at, Exactly the time that it happened was at 2.55 in the song when Trey was like really soloing. I just wrote in my notes, I wrote, I realize all my ratings have been wrong and Trey is a god and I am a fool. <laughs> so that should tell you all you need to know. I mean, it's kind of like Dark Star, right? Where like you hear a version and then, but you just want to, you go back and you hear it again and you're like, man these were even better like this is even better than i remembered because that's what dark star is like you see it's all connected it's all, to dark it's star all in there somewhere. <laughs> i gotta incorporate dark star into the into the dave religion as as somehow you, as long as you don't think about it it's all there which is the whole point of improvisation you just yeah, kind exactly. of free don't just you know? don't why would you yeah. think about it yeah uh, <laughs> that's how that's how jerry would want it <laughs> I don't, um... <laughs> you what do you probably Jerry, disagree Jerry so th- much. What do you think about Jerry would have thought about ZZ Top? Come to th- I mean, he liked The Who. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure Jerry would have thought ZZ Top's beards were fucking awesome. Jerry would have been like, yeah, man, that's cool. About this podcast, Jerry would probably be like, these guys are fucking weird, man. I could see him enjoying ZZ, uh, ZZ Top's tone alone. <laughs> you know Jerry Garcia's relationship to ZZ Top's <laughs> music? Please email <laughs> us at 5minsmailbag.gmail.com. <laughs> that would be, if do we ever get that, if that's the only email we ever get, then the whole podcast is, is going to be just about that email <laughs> for the next yeah. 100 episodes. Uh, it's going to be an email. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Jesse Jarno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I dug up 78 primary sources. It's like, all right, man, we get it. You're the best. You're the best. We get it. Uh, Jesse, come on, friend of the friend of the butt. Our next track is "You Enjoy Myself." But Ooh. before we get to our next track, we have to talk about the banter in between this because this yeah. is one of the best parts of the tape. So, some uh, pers- presumably female. You know, it's a tape, so we don't know. We don't know what's going on, but it sounds like somebody walks up. Did you hear this? And says, uh, does, um, oh, yeah. so, so, so fish, uh, you know, it's famously or infamously has dubbed a certain type of fan geysers <laughs> <laughs> because they're the type of person who comes up and says, you guys are so good. You guys are so great. Sure. Uh, that's so what he meant. Haven't tried <laughs> <laughs> we have a, and we have well that I'm a geyser. We have a, we have a, we have a guys. Well, this is an actual geyser on tape, which I was like, because um, this person walks up and is like, and she, I'm presuming, says like, uh, you guys, <laughs> like literally, you guys are so great. I'm supposed to be staying up all night studying, but I was like, fuck, and I'm just gonna party with you guys. And Trey's like, cool. <laughs> you guys want to do what you and then fishman says something like yeah right whatever and then immediately fishman says to trey i'm getting drowned out by guitar trey and he's like yeah and trey says like yeah i just turned it up just now but he doesn't really apologize (laughs) he just sort of says it like a statement like yeah i just turned it up (laughs) 
but yeah, I didn't know if you if you caught the geyser moment. I thought that was hilarious though. You guys are so <laughs> you guys are so great. <laughs> you guys are so good. But yeah, the next track is uh, "You Enjoy Myself," and again yeah. with the sort of uh, the balance between them being who could just be a kick-ass bar band that does songs yeah. like Lagrange, you know, they're also doing this other thing <laughs> that they're very dedicated <laughs> to, and they're trying really <laughs> fucking hard to pull off, and you can tell. Um, I like Mike coming in at the beginning and saying, "This is a this is a song. That's it." And then they just start playing. And then um, the be- the beginning is really rough. Uh, but then it hits the very f- beginning yeah. is really rough. But then they hit that moment where it stops, and you could tell the whole band line, like, "Oh, now I know where we are." Okay, you know, and it's actually kind of funny where 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 it cuts in. Like, so I I you know I haven't totally listened to enough tapes to know if that was something that they were like, "Hey, if we fuck that up, we can almost play this off as a bit," which it kind of is. But I I liked it a lot. Um, it has this kind of walking on eggshells through the composed section thing, but um, more or less nail every section really well. I'll give you my ranking and your opinion, and then we should talk about <laughs> the vocal jam. Um, yeah, so we should. So I went with a 4.6, which is not the last time I'm going to use this Ooh. ranking today. It's uh, sort of going to be a standard <laughs> ranking for 4.6 me in some days. Because yeah, exactly. Because I think that this is a four point six days. Because I think that there's like um, uh, there's things like this where I just think this is really great, but you know the band within a couple of years is going to be able to play something exactly like this at a five level. So I'm he- hesitant to sort of be like to put it at that level now. But I also don't, I wouldn't rank this below a four. Like a lot of the stuff in this show, I wouldn't rank below a four either. They're really great. They're playing their ass off. They're trying really hard. And you can just tell. It's funny because I, I gave this one a six. So it was it was like, it's, it's really manic-y. Like you can feel them like just, like you said, just like struggling. Or not struggling, but like kind of just trying to get through the composed part, like sweating. You can almost like hear the sweat coming off their heads while they do it. You can hear how young and uh, like intensely and impatiently they are playing this song. But man, the vocal jam, please tell me you love that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I really did. And it's funny because I meant, I think since I mentioned, I don't like the vocal jams that much. We've hit like three <laughs> in a row that I like for different <laughs> reasons. The last one had the dong work for you to remember what, speaking to Zappa. Yeah. Where Fishman was doing that. But, um, this one was like, I, I, I like this one because I, I've sort of been listening, like I listened to like some JPEG mafia recently or something. And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> this is like, this is as weird as fish gets like this part. And they're like, yeah, looping it was their vocal. It's, yeah. it's sort of like, it was almost Zeppelin-y the way that like, yeah, the, the noise was sounding. Like I could just picture Robert Plant being like, I love this music. This is great. Or like, but he only like heard the vocal jam, like breaking apart shit where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Which you don't associate with fish right. at all. And we're going to get to a song in set two that I want to talk about their relationships with punk a little bit but this is a if you were to just play you know a a minute long clip of (laughs) towards the end of this vocal jam fish is not the band that you would uh, assume (laughs) this came from right it would be like no what 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 was this (laughs) like what underground crazy shit was this and it technically was underground i guess in a way but not not in that sense yeah um (laughs) 
Yeah, I definitely do wish that they they used the echo more still when they yeah. do the vocal jams because the way that make their voices weirder. echo like, through make it more weird. I I would yeah. Be down for that. I, you know, I, I think a part of it is probably also that, like, we know what to expect in a vocal jam now. And right. so, like, people get excited and, like, they're cheering the whole time. But, like, if you were going to see Fish back then, I can only imagine that, like, you were. It was silent when they were doing something like that because you're just like, what is happening and why does it feel good? Like, this isn't something that should feel good, but it is. You know what's <laughs> something that doesn't feel good but is good, Kev? A dark star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually thought I'm about sorry. bringing up other dead references. I might, I still might bring them up now that now that you're now that you're spearheading it. <laughs> when we do a dead when we do a crossover dead show, I'm going to compare things to fish. So when we actually do crossover <laughs> shows, that's going to be like the least popular thing we've ever done, and we're not that popular to begin with. <laughs> It'll explode. It'll make the podcast huge. Um, that is the end of set Uno. Oh. Good way to good way to end it. Good um, So we are going to take a quick break, and then we are going to come back with set two of three from February sixth of nineteen eighty nine. We're in the front. We're in Burlington, Vermont. We're in fish in their home aquarium. No, what a natural and habitat environment. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned to more by fins, if you will, please. says to the guy Welcome i says hey <laughs> that's not lagrange that's my <laughs> wife <laughs> welcome back to dan's story time we hope that uh, you enjoyed that great story <laughs> that you just heard um we sh that's how we're gonna get we, we we're not gonna be able to sell that that's let's just admit that ship sailed so let's just we're just gonna have paid content it'll be like you know do you want to hear what, what we do during the set break? Like, it'll just be us. <laughs> you know, we'll the sounds of lighters. Yeah, just, yeah, lighters. Just, like, we'll cut out the parts where, like, we're going to the bathroom. We'll cut those out. You know, the silence is out. And it'll just be us talking about, complaining about the maps or, like, you know. You, want, like you, want, some, you want some set break, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you boys have had enough. <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, just the, just the most incomprehensible uh, conversations about our friends that... <laughs> I did like your last sneak attack was like uh, who yeah. introduced you to something. <laughs> I was just like, well, this is not going to be relevant <laughs> to anyone in the audience. But okay. Let's do it anyway. Screw it. They already made it this far. And if you made it this far, we thank you very much. We're at set two from February the 6th of 1989. It's the fish. It's Burlington, Vermont. It's the front nightclub. And uh, in terms of the tape, we jump in, uh, you know, halfway through. We, the, the tape winds, and we're hearing the uh, familiar pangs of the Miles Davis song, All Blues. 
released on a not so obscure jazz record called Kind of Blue. Jeez. Um, we're, you know, on this podcast, we've pretty much done only shows where they've already been like a big band with that's a big ticketed item, you know, that like you go to. <laughs> it's an important event. And we're not used to a set two starting by them being like, hey, let's just go back on stage and start playing stuff, which is the vibe of this. Um, so I, I like it. Um, and I actually really liked uh, Mike's bass solo in it. Uh, it's very good. Um, yeah. To the point where Trey agrees, apparently, because he says, yeah, you can hear it very clearly on the tape. <laughs> um, but I went with an automatic four for the jazz standard because it is a jazz standard. Yep. But uh, yeah, you know, cool to hear the band playing a, uh, a great Miles Davis tune. And, uh, you know, uh, Kind of Blue is one of the best. One of the best records ever made. I yeah. think that's uh, that's not hyperbole. That's actually true, right? Like, would anybody argue? No. Would anybody? Nope. You could say it's overrated, but and you if, couldn't if be if like. If you disagree with us, you can yeah, uh, you send like us an email. Kind of blue at mailbag. And I don't mean like. <laughs> I'll we'll start a new podcast just to make and fun you, of you. And I don't mean you don't like it. Like you're like, oh, I prefer Visions of Spain or, or Miles Miles. I don't mean like that. I mean your likes flat out. Right. It's bad. But you'd be like, wrong. That's the take you need to have to email us. Um, or you can just email us and tell us that it's great. We'll, we'll, we will. We want to talk to you. Um, Dan, what did you yeah. rank all blues? Um, I also went with a four. You know, uh, I, I I almost was gonna go a little bit higher because the solos are like so much fun, but at the same time, it's just jazzy fish. And uh, is it an automatic four or a four, sir? For clarity's sake. <sighs> I guess you could call it an auto four, but I'm keeping the. I'm keeping my point. Kevin, don't preach. I'm in trouble deep, and I'm keeping my my automatic fins. I just want to jump into the next one because okay. the controversy So the next abound. track, yeah, so they, they do a jazz standard, and then it's actually kind of an interest. They do like a weird, like Trey plays like something on guitar. It's not really like a, it doesn't seem like a planned transition, <laughs> but it's kind right. of a cool transition in a little bit of a way. And then they go into the song Sanity. Now, now wow. if you uh, folks at home are listening to this and you haven't heard Sanity performed in this way, this is the fast Sanity. Dan, I'm just, I can... You know, we don't, we've never recorded any of these live in person, but I just picture you like rocking back and forth like Donald Glover yeah. in that gif where you're just like, you were just dying to talk right now. So I just, I'm not even, I, you have the floor. Dan, what did you rank Sanity? I gave this version of Sanity a three. Um, I don't okay. like it. It's, it's not that it's bad. I figured yeah. this was gonna happen. I the, yeah, I mean the, the 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 original like the the normal version of sanity that I know. It's the reason that I like it so much is because it makes you feel insane. Where the, <laughs> the juxtaposition between the 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 really bizarre lyrics, um, having like a sweet guitar riff and like happiness behind them, and then just the darkness part of the like the bridges where it's just like it just goes insane and like crazy laughter is not unwarranted and just you know it makes you feel insane this it did a couple things for me though i i should say hearing it made me say to myself like this is a really well written song like the lyrics are really well written but if this song was played at this speed by like a british post-punk band or like a british punk band even it would yeah. be amazing it would uh -huh. be a hit single uh right no doubt in my mind it would like I, if I, this yeah. this could this song could be on <laughs> never mind the bollocks here's yeah. the sex pistols and it would be huge yeah it um could. yeah 
Isn't that crazy, though? Because that had never occurred to me until I heard this version, ever. Like, that had never, ever, ever occurred to me. And I, lo- and I love Sanity. Like, I love both, you know. Um, Parquet Courts should cover this song. <laughs> they should do Fast Sanity. Hey, Please. Parquet Courts, email us at Five Fins Mailbag, and I'll send you the tabs, <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, so you went with three. I Yeah. I ended up going with uh with a with a fiver on this. I I probably wow. should have. Um, I, the thing about like actually, I was thinking though, sanity like sanity's kind of an auto five for me. And then and right. then with the fast version, at first I was definitely thrown off. Like I was <laughs> at first, like, at first I was not on? impressed. <laughs> 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 it's going full circle and keeping it going. These seas- but now <laughs> now. Look at him in this seersucker. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, are you? It, David Fine it has Eddie, the chorus Eddie, in all the right places. <laughs> it has Trey guitar in all the right places. <laughs> oh man, um, yes. Um, but no, I I I liked the version. I did the little digging because I was interested in this. So. They debuted it as the slow version. And then basically wow. 1989 was basically the only year they did the fast version. So I was listening to the early ones. And when you listen to the version that they uh, debuted, uh, which was that Hunts, which is another huge uh, you know, uh, mainstay of fish in this period, that, that nightclub they played a ton there in the 80, late 80s. And uh, they... <laughs> Uh, that version is like uh, I meant. F- I kind of teased this before. I was like, it, it got me thinking about this, and uh, you know, we're we're gonna get another song going forward, but also kind of a little bit coming off the weird Yem jam. Is like they had in the '80s. They still had a tiny bit of this kind of uh, like weird, weird underground. Like there's a sympathy with punk. They are, you know, I'm not gonna go on a, I'm not gonna like go on a podcast and be like fish is a punk band but they had this kind <laughs> that's of that's my job yeah that's your job they, they like they have this but they do have this kind of energy i mean if you listen to the first version of sanity they ever it's as close to they, they are being extremely antagonistic towards the audience clearly like it's just like just just punishing <laughs> the audience you know i mean it's like it's, yeah it's 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 not only slow like the slow version it's like super slow and at some point they're just all of them are screaming like i'm losing my mind so it's um yeah it's it fucks with you it really does yeah this is that it is a song that especially would in the 1986 version or 87 or whatever it's so yeah it's so screwball crazy like like screw the audience kind of thing um but yeah, with the fast version that we're hearing in 1989, it's interesting because I went through and listened to you know at least pieces of a lot of them, and I have to say, for whatever it's worth, I think this is the best they ever played the fast version of Sanity, um, because they didn't play it that often. I I listened to the uh, uh, Ian's Farm version, which was like from later in the year. Ian's oh, Farm is wow, a famous yeah. show. We'll do Ian's Farm at some point. Um, we can we can uh, we can give the ratings on uh, on one one to five barks <laughs> of how many times the dogs bark <laughs> in the background of the tape, um, but uh, the uh, with that version it's funny because somebody you can clearly hear Trey saying like you guys want to do melt 
And then somebody in the crowd's going, Sanity! And he's like, wait, who's yelling that? And then he calls the person out, and he's like, oh, I know oh who you are. Yeah, we'll do Sanity. And then they start playing Sanity. Um, uh, but you could they start playing it at that, and this is like one of the last times, or maybe the last time, they did the fast version, and they are just not... <laughs> sure what the hell they're playing they're all on the wrong page oh my they all start like in a different key in a different time signature and it's all really confusing um and then they shelved it for a bit and then it came back and it was the slow version and then basically that's the version they've done since but so for whatever it's worth you know we're talking about i think the best uh rendition of the fast version and i don't mind the fast version i gotta say i kind of liked it i'm glad i wish that it's kind of like the same thing how they do um you know, you talk about like slow llama, fast llama a lot. I'm like, I would like it if they just alternated, you know, where it just like, yeah. or like well, if they did yeah. like, now if they did like a slow split open and melt like they used to do, I'd be super down for like really slow. Like that'd be really cool. Like I would be down for yeah. that. I, I'm down for tempo changes. They did a really slow intro to mic song. Yeah. Like, you watch, you watch, you, know, you watch me see little. Sanity for the first time ever and it'll be the fast version. <laughs> Wait for it. Fast version. <laughs> Silent uh, third podcaster Mike Busted saw Sanity out. while he was in um, while he was at Dicks this year, I think, right or last year. Yeah, we love right. Dicks. I love Dicks, and we love Mike. Yeah, we do. We got to get him on there. Our next track is related to Mike because he lives in New yeah. York, and in New York you right. can take the A train. And our next track is called "Take the A Train," which was a which which is uh, a jazz standard. If anyone uh, listening to this podcast has ever participated in a jazz band. You've played the song Take the A-Chain. <laughs> I think it's by uh, it's by Drake Ellensbro, which I think is one of Drake's pseudonyms. Yeah. <laughs> it's by an, a very obscure musician. <laughs> um, there's a... Uh, you know, it's funny how <laughs> I'm willing to do that with the Beatles, but not with <laughs> Duke Ellington. <laughs> why, why is that? I don't know. There's a quote from Miles Davis, I believe, who says, like, if you want to know anything yeah. about music, you have to listen to Duke Ellington. We are talking about Miles. So, you know, if uh, Miles says that about you, that means that you're one of the greatest musicians of all time. I mean, Take the A-Train's great. I gave it an automatic four. It's yeah. a jazz standard. They, I did as well. They just didn't do these things for that long because... Right of this quality and i have to say with this set um yeah a lot of automatic four shit going on <laughs> for for myself personally i would agree yeah. yeah there's there's like what four there's four of them right yeah there's four of them yeah i, I have i have I think we'll agree with that. i have four or i have well i have i have uh I have the next down. one I and then down. the the last one Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And all blues. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. um fun fact about the A train, though, is that yeah. uh, you and I and Silent Third podcaster Mike have literally taken the A train to go see fish. Like that. That yeah. was what we did for many times. Several. Yeah. That the yeah. very first time we that the f- very very first time that Silent Third podcaster Mike saw them, we would have been taking the A train. Um. Not if not there, then definitely home. I think we mentioned this one time on the podcast too, because you said obviously now there's the, what is it the Q train, so you don't really <laughs> right. Yeah, now you much. just take it right back to the east side. You don't have to stay on the west side. We just go straight. Right, the but uh, but um, I was saying it in terms of they gotta do this one time at MSG. They gotta bust the, take it take the A train. I mean, it's a New York standard and so on. They gotta yeah. do it one time, just one time. It's like an opener on like night like twelve twenty eight of New Year's or something. That'd be great. Like people would love it. They really and I know would. that the jazz standards don't play to big rooms, but at this point it would be such a huge bust out. And they used to do it all the time. I oh, mean, it was a- man. Imagine if they did it for a New Year's 
show and they had like the full like a full band on there you know what i mean that would be crazy like yeah a big yeah band. bring out yeah bring out a whole band do whatever you want you know bring yeah bring out some brass you know brass tacks <laughs> bring out some local jazz musicians yeah. and just have them Absolutely. freaking rip it up that would be awesome oh fish if you're listening send us an email at mailbag at gmail.com um <laughs> at brass tacks mailbag at gmail <laughs> just so we know you're listening speaking of automatic fours our next track is golgi apparatus golgi um I always Which point I out used to believe is not a Mandela effect and that we're not Golgi, living in a Golgi, matrix, but yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure that, well, he does say Golgi because it's that's funny. what's fucked up though. Right. Is that we've seen this song live and I, we both <laughs> thought until like what a year and a half ago that they were saying Golgi. Um, there's that quality to it. I always point out that I like the comp- uh, compose section too. And again, there's there, um, you know, it's, it's sweaty, but it's good. And it's like, Fun here. Yeah. So I like that a lot about the show, uh, I, I, and and this version of it. Um, but yeah, if there was ever a song that was cruising for yeah. an automatic floor, it was uh, Golgi, and that was Wayne yeah. Rankin not the well. next one though. The next one might be surprising. I think. Not the next one. Um, our next track is "Divided Sky" Jeez. by the band Fish. Um, I really love this song, and I love it in this period, and it sounded really great, and I gave it a 4.6 fins. Dan, what did you rank about this guy? I gave Divide This Guy eight fins. Let's go. This, now this, we're talking, This baby. was hot. Like, melt my clothes now off we're hot, now right? We're, now we're, now yeah, we're playing this, the fins. Now this, we're playing to the this, back rows. This Divided Sky was like, the first time I listened to it, I literally said to myself, like, I have to listen to that again because it couldn't have been that good, right? But then I listened to it again, and I was like, oh, it was. It really was. I actually wrote <laughs> down, I said, um, if we were live listening to this with each other on Discord or in text, um, I would have sent at least... Um, in the gift sh- gift search, I would have typed in um, "Holy fucking shit balls, George Carlin." Um, I would have typed in Matt Damon screaming from Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> uh, I would have typed in the sweating airplane gif of uh, the pilot sweating. And uh, yeah, I just was like, man, this is everything about this. The uh, the Leslie speakers sound really good. The uh, Fishman is going nuts, and Trey is just, whew, they just do not slow down. Like, it just hit hard. And I, I'm sure some of it was the nostalgia of listening to this this song. Um, every time I listen to it, I kind of, I feel like every time I listen to it, I get the nostalgia. And then when I'm not listening to it, I'm like, it's not one of my favorites. But then I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, that was a stupid thing to say. And, um... Yeah, wow. This one just blew me away. I didn't do any timestamps, but everything <laughs> after the pause, what would have been the pause, is right. top-notch. Yes, yeah, no and, and, and that's um, how you know that it was really good, is that I don't even care about the pause. Like, I'll set that aside. I was wondering, yeah, I thought that, that I thought the no-pause thing would throw you, but um, there's the performance just won you over. Yeah, it's just, it's really good. Trey's tone is literally perfect from a guitarist standpoint um and yeah it's just it's too beautiful too beautiful it's 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 really well performed we we still get a lot of great uh trey guitar heroics here 
even though it's yeah we're talking about a younger version of the band you know i mean i think divided sky is one of those songs that is actually very emblematic of kind of what i was talking about earlier about the 80s where i feel like this is the kind of era where a song like this is probably at the time their signature song in or one of their biggest signature songs in a way like you have to go back to you know we're in an era before obviously tweezer right but but before even a lot of the beloved kind of 90s gems and they <laughs> perform the hell out of this song every time they play it and i think that it's funny to think back you and i listening to divided sky from the live fish 13 and at that point to them <sighs> that's a song that's existed for almost 10 years you know what i mean that's a song that's like they've they yeah. pound that thing into the ground and that's why it's so good it has the pause right is because they've they've killed yeah it has the pause but also they just they 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 kill it and so you know i just think there's um yeah, there's there's something about this where you can tell that this is one of those ones that was early on. I think this was a huge showcase if you went to a fish show. You know, if you're going to a fish show in 1989, I get the suspicion. I was not alive myself, but I get the suspicion that this was a thing that you would have been really looking forward to. And this was like a big uh, song of theirs. And so, yeah, I think it's great. Um, again, my... Only docking would be that I think within a few years you're getting better versions of this that are uh, kind of the same idea that are tighter. So I, uh, I'm you know, four point six out of five is a good ranking, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm standing <laughs> for by that. some of us, for some people who will <laughs> remain nameless. <laughs> Don't you drag Mike into this. The <laughs> world will remain silent. <laughs> the funny thing is we're going to have an episode where Mike comes in and he's going to throw some haymakers. I know it. He's going to rank songs like two. Like he's just going to th- No, he like won't. No shit. He would not. You, if we bring I'm Mike on, when we bring Mike on to this, my rankings are going to look like shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's going to be, I think he's just going to be a wild card. You know yeah. What I mean? Wild card be like Charlie on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're um, <laughs> our... <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this guy is fantastic. Yeah. I wonder and, if he would uh, give the next one too. Uh, yeah. What What would uh, uh, <laughs> we need? What we actually what we should do instead of having him on, we just have to figure out just to call him in, on like you know, and just have him do like one song, just like hot take. Yeah. Style that would be great. Just like for you know, like like uh, uh we're coming back on uh, first take after the break. We're gonna have Adam Sheffer come on and <laughs> Mike, turn on, you know? <laughs> Mike, turn on the camera. Mike, turn on the TikTok <laughs> camera. It's gonna be like we're gonna have we're gonna ha- <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike. We have. Oh wait a second. 
uh, <laughs> our producer Mike is. <laughs> I wish Mike was our producer. Uh, unfortunately, it's me. Um, and our next track is the song "On Your Way Down." Dan, what did you rank the song "On Your Way Down"? I said uh, "Little Feet," very based, impressive. Um, <laughs> I gave uh, "On Your Way Down" four and a half. I could have given it a five if I wanted to, but there are some lyrical flubs. I feel like Little Feet is not a band that I am okay with the lyrics being messed up to because they are really that good. Um, And as much as I love Paige's enthusiasm and voice in this song, I don't think it matches that Little Feet energy necessarily. So I went with four and a half. I love how I said three negative things about this performance and then still gave it four and a half. And, and you ranked it four and a half. That's why. Um, that's why I am no longer. Uh, that's why I'm making picking up the fin- extra fins optional <laughs> for me <laughs> because I'm like, I always end up with. I thought it would turn out even for me, but then I was like, and then I was like, ah, should I make the threshold four? And then I'm like, that's nah, super complicated. Let's just not do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I went with I did go with five for on your way down. I really like their okay. uh, um, I really like them doing a song like this. I think again this plays a little bit more into the uh the Lagrange um and maybe to a certain degree Susie and then definitely a song that we're gonna hit later that there's this kind of more I say this in a loving way like bar bandy version of the band that I feel like if yeah. you were to see this performance in a bar and you didn't know who Paige McConnell was, you'd be like, yeah, that guy's really good at, at singing too, you know? And this is a really good performance. <laughs> um, most famous version of this song is Little Feet on Dixie Chicken. This song was originally um, written by Alan Toussaint, the great Alan Toussaint. Rest <gasps> no way! Um, and appears on an album of his in the early 70s. Really? Yeah, there's a On Your Way Down, there's what? an original Alan Toussaint, but then most people associate it with the... Uh, I didn't know it was an Alan Toussaint song. Great, a great songwriter and uh, and American musician. It's 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 such a great song too. And I actually was looking this up. I had no idea that. uh, And this is I love this about this band that I, (laughs) you know, researched all this stuff and I pretend to know all these things on this podcast. I had no idea that they had brought this back in 3.0. Did you know they brought this back in 3.0? They played like a few Um, versions in 2010 and 2011. I do remember seeing it on the set list at some points. Was it that song? And then you look it up and you're like, oh, wonderful. That is. It is that song. That is by yeah, Little Yeah, it's On Your Way Down. The same dudes that you meet on your way down. Just to hear uh, Paige really sing the word dudes, <laughs> you know, really emphatically. It's great. But the same sense of shine on other folks, too. I don't mind your turning around. Myself would even lie for a little higher ground. Oh, but it's a high time that you found the same dudes you walk on on your way up. You might meet up on your way down. I 
Uh, yeah, no, this is great. I mean, I, l- I loved this. Um, and and I'm going to uh, I, I'm teasing a little bit of a thing I'm going to say say at the end. But this is another piece of uh, <laughs> the 80s fish thing that, I, that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was I thought this was really good. And I thought this this it comes off well in this uh, period of the band because I think that they are a little bit more amenable to being um, for lack of a better term straightforward as a band and sort of you realize their strengths again kind of go into the Lagrange thing you know you know they're like hey we c- we all are also a kick-ass <laughs> bar band who can do a bar band so like I, I would imagine this is the type of song that a band in 1989 in a bar might play yeah, and when he, he says, and Paige does the one more time, guys, and they do that again, is uh, yeah. really cool. So I gave it uh, five fans. I liked On Your Way Down, and uh, it's probably not one we're going to hit super, super often, so I don't feel so bad about that. Um, our next track. I didn't know what song this was. Well, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know. It. What is our next track? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't Pardon know. me, Kev. It's I didn't know. Is that a picture I of Otis Redding? Taken just before he <laughs> died. Yeah, yeah. Is that a picture of Fishman playing trombone? Unfortunately, I would say this is an auto four, right? It sure is. And uh, it's also an intriguing way, I, I, one, one could argue, to end set two. Again, I mentioned that uh, on at the Paradise gig they opened with <laughs> I didn't know. So I don't know what... Um, <laughs> I don't know what the deal with that is, to be honest. Because obviously they ended up sort of settling into this, like, oh, I didn't know it will be fun as, like, a sixth song in a first set if there's been some jammy songs and we're just looking to have some fun, you know? That's, like, the landing spot. But they must have really right. thought it was the shit in 1989 because <laughs> they're, like, opening big shows with it. They're closing yeah. sets with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I thought it was good. It's an, it's an auto four. Uh, that's all I got. I like Otis Redding a lot. I just want to throw that out there. Otis Redding's great. Should I was listening to the um, song from Three Feet High and Rising by uh, De La Soul that's, that, uh, yeah. that samples that Otis Redding. Is, uh, yeah, so that's now available to the streaming public. So I'm assuming a lot of people who liked uh, fish tapes in the 90s, if they liked any hip-hop at all, De La Soul was kind of their kind of their bags so i'm assuming there's people out there who like that as well so shout out to dave yeah i think our crossover audience is pretty big r.i.p to dave there but which is a sad which is a sad deal that he didn't get to see this all go down but anyway we don't have to end it on that kind of note dale soul's cool and fish is also really cool yeah i liked uh yeah i liked i didn't know this is an obviously an automatic four candidate and uh it, it's a candidate and it ran in one <laughs> election so <laughs> We are now at the end of set two, um, but quick we set. will be back after a quick uh, musical interlude, and we will conclude with set three from the front in Burlington, Vermont, on February 6th of 1989. We'll be back with more Five Fins if you stay tuned.
Welcome back to Five Fins. Thanks for hanging around. We've had a lot of ideas for bonus content. Yeah. So there's Dan randomly playing banjo licks. There's trying uh, to just play us talking about the state of humanity. Yeah. There's Dan trying to ki- not, uh, not kill yeah. a spider. Well, you shouldn't kill spiders. They're good for everybody. They're fun. I mean, like, is it weird when they crawl? Yeah, but now you've lost the spider, so now <sighs> the spider could be anywhere. That's there was one take. time... Now the spider is going to be in your bedroom, and it's your fault because you didn't take the you just didn't take the <laughs> necessary steps to get rid of the spider when it could have been taken care. There of. was there was one time where um, somebody that I was with, um, there was a spider in the bedroom, and uh, it was hanging from the ceiling just in the middle of the room. And they were saying, you know, kill it, get rid of it, please, like get rid of it. And I was like, okay, and I I whacked with one hand. I didn't like clap. I just smacked the spider. And they were like, where did it go? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, how do you know it's dead? And I was like, I hit it pretty hard. (laughs) 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 They were not having it. That's the worst when um, they were like, no, we're not sleeping in this room. You just punched a spider across the room. Yeah, when spiders become the Russian from Sopranos, where you're like, I think he's he's dead. uh, He's Czechoslovakian. He he could... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was in the t- that's true he was uh he killed six no well he killed no he oh didn't. He killed okay is that what it is czechoslovakians and yeah. the yeah he killed no. he killed yeah, he's a russian gr- he's like war. a fucking russian oh, green shit. <laughs> he killed 17 <laughs> czechoslovakians and he says he's in a t some kind of he's the guy says he's in the interior ministry and he says uh he goes, he's some kind of interior decorator and then he gets out the phone <laughs> and christopher goes i thought his place looked like shit <laughs> <laughs> my uncle's favorite uh, TV line of all time so shout out to him alright we are on set February 6, 1989 show that Fish did at the can front I, in their very very hometown home turf can I say what they opened up the third set with absolutely um, it was a song called Ood Times Bad Time uh, <laughs> can you do the drop uh, the Darien drop, but instead it just goes Aryan, but not like the white people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's this song starts already into the song. I don't know. I mean, like, look, th- yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because like, I want to criticize the taper. I want to be like, where were you, man? But also, he was there and he got the rest of it. So like, I can't really be that mad at him. But also, like, come on, man. Come on, man. The the end cuts off too. Like the right. very end of what it happened? is not is not taped. Um, yeah. Ood times ad Ood times bad time cuz it starts late and ends early. Yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm just sort of like there's such a great version of the song, you know, that was happening and and there and it's great soloing. Yeah. But I I thought that the 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 cutting in part way through doesn't bother me that much but the cutting off at the end <laughs> really does especially with a song like this um but i liked it a lot and i think again it it, it kind of plays into i was mentioning this before it's sort of a little bit along the lines of like the uh you know you've got lagrange uh sanity the way they do that in some ways but also like um you know the on your way down these songs that seem a little bit more sort of um bar band friendly and appropriate in 1989 i think playing like a zeppelin cover to open your like late 
night set was probably a pretty safe move. Uh, so I liked it a lot. Um, I again, I think, as you might notice, um, not giving out a lot of extra fins <laughs> in the <this> show <laughs> because I don't think it, it's that kind of show. Coward. But I think, <laughs> uh, but I think uh, it is a four and a half to five level show and i gave this 4.8 fins nice. it would give them all five if i heard the whole yes. damn thing yes <laughs> absolutely yeah. i i actually only went with four and a half and my whole thing was like you said that i think it was the last show where you were like maybe one before that where you were like you know i only heard this much of the show so i can't give it that many it's like i can't give it a perfect score if i didn't hear the whole thing so that's uh that's what I went. Yeah, with. the but fire line. I just yeah. want to say that um, Trey's Jimmy Page solo, and if you can insert that here, just the first part of it, like anyone who likes Zeppelin, like oh my Gladly. god, talk about perfect, right? <laughs> things where like anyone can learn guitar solos from studio albums you know what i mean like as long as you take enough time like you can learn a solo but you can't do that solo and have it be that like similar or perfect unless you have like embodied some of that person you know what i mean like anyone can do a david gilmore solo and it will sound you know they can make it sound like pink floyd but when you do jimmy page like there has to be that special element and i feel like trey really freaking nails the solo well he, he's clearly made an effort to like specifically learn it which he doesn't do with other stuff you know like like right. even going to uh, <laughs> other covers in this show trey mentions in an interview with uh, tom marshall that he was so into Led Zeppelin at at a certain age, like when he was in like middle school, much like myself, uh, that uh, he know. that he was working a job and a the guy the boss called him Led Zeppelin <laughs> as a <laughs> nickname. So I think it's safe to say that like as soon as like uh, you know he could play guitar, he was probably trying to learn shit like this. So it's not super surprising that he was able to do it. Really well, I mean, but what you're saying is totally also correct that I am just amazed that a 25-year-old Trey is, like, just doing this with not, like, not only playing Jimmy Page's guitar solo with Total Ease, but then also just ripping into it a whole other crazy level of solo <laughs> on top of that is the kind of, that's the kind of magic, I think, of, of hearing the fish in this period, you know, because they're not, they're not a fully formed sort of unit yet, and they're still sort of a you know, entertaining a bar type of outfit, but they are clearly on a path that's going to uh, lead to the stuff we've talked about before. And also we're heading on that path more as we continue down this set as in the next track, which is Walk Away. Uh, Walk Away is a song by the James Gang. We've talked about Walk Away before. We actually hit it in the 1999 show, which we'll talk yeah. about. I like uh, I like Walk Away. The only my only thing, yeah, like the good times, bad times cuts off, and then 
walk away. Like I would have liked it so much more if like a good times, bad times have like driven rockingly into <laughs> rockingly. <laughs> not a word, but let's just say if it, as if it were, you know what I mean? Into <laughs> right. walk away because I like the walk away. I like walk away when uh, it comes out of something like on that uh, Tinley Park 1993 fish show where it kind of comes in. Uh, and that's like the kind of uh, peak of that type of thing for me where it kind of um, it's it's so it's such a great cover for fish to do. But also um, it's I like when it sort of seems thematically appropriate. Um, and that's, uh, you know, my only knock on it really is that it's sort of there's kind of a weird like little cool uh not jam but just something i play a little bit before the song starts but then uh you know it starts and it's really good it's uh it sounds like them you know again kind of fitting in with this sort of bar bandy mold i think this would also kind of fit in that um and i liked it um and i gave it a (laughs) 4.4 what did you rank walk away um i gave walk away a five i didn't have too much to say outside of just saying that i thoroughly enjoyed this the tape was sounding really good here and i feel like coming out of good times bad times like hearing the full song made me appreciate it a little bit more and i just i just gave it a five it's always it's it's one of my favorite um covers that they do when they do it it's like it's a song that i kind of knew from you but not before i knew fish did it actually yeah definitely before i knew fish did it but not you know like you knew that Fish did it, but um, I had heard you playing it, and I was like, what's that song? And you were like, it's called Walk Away by James yeah, Gang. Yeah, the James Gang original is a fantastic song, too. I mean, like, yeah. Fish, Fish is co- I love Fish's cover, too, but, um, you know, it's not one of those ones that, like, Boogie on Reggae Woman, like I, li- like, I like the Stevie Wonder track, but, like, Stevie Wonder's got so many other great songs. Like, Walk Away is, like, a great James Gang song. But, yeah, yeah, I mean... That that's funny. We should maybe bring this up now too. Is that um, with this '80s thing, like the covers, you know, like they were going forward, like something like "Walk Away" was kind of a cool thing to hear because it was like, oh, you know, they're um, throwing back to an era where they were doing this, but also this is just a beloved classic rock type of song that that we like to hear. Where right. you know at this time, I what what I like kind of about hearing this is how you kind of realize like this is the era where like yeah they're doing these songs because they love them. They're also doing these songs because they need them. <laughs> you know they don't have like you know it's not like now where Trey's writing an album every five minutes and <laughs> there's ten, ten songs they can do. <laughs> you know a Halloween <laughs> show they just did that they can do five songs from and. You know, two studio albums they've technically come out with in the last, you know, whatever. Like, it's not like that, you know? And um, and you can just sort of tell that there's, like, um, again, like, the the urgency of some of those tracks, like, hearing them go through, like, a Divided Sky or, like, a Yem. You can tell that they're already building this sort of, like, we're trying to build our way out of that trap of being a bar band that sits around the Des Grange. Like, as, as great as, like, something like LaGrange is, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I gave it an extra half. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, you know. But I just like, you know, it's like there's a lot of bands that can do version, you know. So th- so obviously they're kind of aware of that that type of thing and and so now when you hear uh, like you know walk away 
That's a pretty good happy medium between it's not super like it's not mu- like they used to do like Mustang Sally. Like that's the kind of thing that you have to leave behind. Yeah. You know, even though they, they when you hear them do it, you're like, eh, it's still pretty. It's still fish. You know, it's still right. good, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not an on the nose cover at all. There's so many like bar bands that we've all seen that like you can kind of predict some of the songs are going to play like don't do pride and joy unless you're like, like oh, well that guy's wearing um like those weird wrists yeah. things that have like the stud so they're probably going to do like an acdc song or at some point or something walk away is a good different uh cover that i feel like a lot of bands wouldn't do that's not something you would expect right yeah it's not you know Sweet Home Alabama, you know, it's not some kind of like very. Yes, you know. that's a perfect example, actually. Uh, right, Sweet Home Alabama. So you know, they 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 didn't go totally that route, though. That's not the last time we're going to be talking about that band. Our next track is the song Harry Hood. Darian, yes, do the job. Darian, this was the hardest thing to rank. Um. I just mm-hmm. I I have very mixed feelings as much as I have been praising um the performance style and the way that the band sounds at this time and I do like this performance head. of it um of of Harry Hood but uh you know I mean I I guess I could say that I find um that this falls into the category of this kind of thing just feels a little underbaked to me <laughs> like the whole the whole thing both the intro and and the jam um and so i i liked it um and i think i gave it a fair score which is a 4.2 what did you <laughs> jeez well i definitely didn't do a fair score because i'm an adult and i don't think um <laughs> objectively at all okay i refuse which is part of being an adult gotcha. um, yeah Exactly. Yeah, you just have to not. You just have to think that you're always right, and that everyone else is wrong. I think that's the <laughs> biggest part about being an adult, right? Um, no, that's American. You're confusing the word adult and American. Oh, so yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shoot. I do that all the time. Um, but I did. <laughs> I did give Hood a five. I'm not gonna lie. It was another. It well, was. Yeah. I will agree. Have you been lying this whole time? No. Before now? No, I would never <laughs> lie to you. Uh, look, this one was filled. What if you were like, yes, look, every every ranking has. Been look, Kev, this one was just filled with sandwiches. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, yeah, just sandwiches everywhere, all over the place, especially in the jam section. And I was wondering um, if you thought uh, that I feel like Hood is one of the songs of all the Fish songs that like really hasn't changed. Um, yeah. Apart from the intro, the intro jamming is like the only difference, right? From now to then, where like even the jam structure feels right. the same, they just kind of explore a little bit more now, and like before they would explore in the intro a little bit more. So it's 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 crazy to think how long they've been playing the song Harry Hood and how little it's actually changed. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the thing about Hood, it's my favorite Fish song. Do I have to bring that up again? I feel like I brought it up multiple times, but like just like the Every thing about time. it, yes. to me is that <laughs> well then. And then it becomes a bit where I have to bring it up, right? Um, yes. But I just think that, you know, yeah, I agree with you. It It's a good one if you were like, what does the band sound like in 1995? Well, play a version of it. What does the band sound like? In? There's certain years I think it's uh, maybe um, 
it's a little different if you're going towards the sort of later darker periods of late 1.0 2.0 where it gets a little long and strange but like for the most part it's always Deeper. a good and and even Deeper. then i guess that's still a good barometer of barometer of what the band sounded like at that time you know so yes i agree with that and um uh and yeah. that's why that's actually i'm glad you brought it up because that's a good uh you know <laughs> indication of maybe the difference in our ranking ideas because i'm like i i feel comfortable <laughs> being like this is good right. but not like the best best you know what i mean like there are so many like, you know transcendent versions of this i and again not at this point not that far away i mean you know yeah. not not like within a year and a half this song emerged but i obviously enjoy hearing it in this time period and it also sort of it's kind of funny that they would like do it in the middle of a set too like it's still not a set closer level <laughs> material i guess um also i wanted to bring up the uh at one point trey sort of sounds like he's almost playing a guitar riff that is somewhat even though it's in major key and not minor key but seems a lot like stash like he does like a better da 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 and I'm just sort of thinking like I guess that riff is kind of under his fingers like Stash isn't a song yet right but it's going to be very soon and so you sort of think maybe there's you know you get these glimpses of like uh, and I'll drop the uh, you know the old uh, Dark Star reference or <laughs> something but nice. but uh, this this these kind of things remind me of like um, you know this is like Fish in the late 80s it's like the dead and late 60s where there's like they're kind of on the verge of becoming like a thing that's going to be, you know, this sort of tight, you know, we talked about that 1991 show and like, that is so different yeah. from what this is. And so without a right. warning, they just break <laughs> your heart. <laughs> they take it, they should have had a uh, trombone solo over Pat. That would have been great. Did we break on, down the here. fact that he doesn't play a trombone solo, but Trey introduces him on, I didn't know as Moses DeWitt on trombone uh we didn't but um i didn't i didn't note that there's no yeah there's no like vacuum and he says and he says and everyone's saying do it so i was like is that where the duet thing comes from do it (laughs) anyway i don't know and that's uh that's if you know about that and you want to call us noobs email us at five no you know if you know you know our next track is Big black furry creatures from Mars. If you were writing out your ticket, you'd write BBFCFM. Uh, this is the most automatic four candidate, one of the most automatic four candidates of all time. Um, but one thing about this version that's great is that we're listening to it in a period where, again, they give so much of a shit about how this is coming across, <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> and why run? I love that. Why even run? Why run? Why even run? Because you're a big look. I mean, just just great. Like, they're just landing comedy bits. Obviously, the crowd's in the palm of their hand at this point, and it's late and whatever. Yeah! Why even bother? Because you're a big, black, gray creature from Mars. Big, black, gray creature from Mars. Big, black, gray creature from Mars. It's one of those where there's like the only people there are probably like them, people at the bar, that girl who said she was supposed to study who probably flunked out the next semester. That's like the that's like the clientele you've got going on at this point. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it this is this is cool. Um, it's great. I always love this song, and uh, it's an automatic four. But I, you know, I'm not yeah. sad about it. Yeah, uh, I did the same thing. I I said an auto four with a song like Big Black Fairy Creatures from Mars. Is there is there really anything that can happen in the song that could add necessarily points above a four? Right. Yeah. <sighs> By my standards, of course, because I have no um, <laughs> moralistic values about fish ratings whatsoever or um, critical values. Which, like is I what, just which is what the people tune in for, yeah. Exactly. That's why we have uh, no followers, um, because <laughs> I have no consistency. Um, we have no ads. <laughs> self-sabotage, baby. Self-sabotage. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I would agree that this is definitely a pretty big auto four candidate. Even though it's so much fun. It's so funny. It's so silly. Yeah, and it works well with the band in this time, too, because it's sort of like a song that's pretty, you know, again, kind of a little bit on this. They're not a punk band, but they, they can play act as a punk band yeah. for fun. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they have that ability. They're like, they're like, yeah, we can we can cosplay as a as a punk band for, for a few minutes. Just like, you know, you're all here, right? I mean. And also, there's a real perversity that we haven't mentioned to you about early fish that is, um, you know, <laughs> in some ways smoothed out over time. But at this point, they're like, yeah, we're doing like the idea. I think maybe we don't want to bury the lead of the idea that like, you know, doing Duke Ellington and Big Black Furry Creatures from Mars in one set. There's a certain right. type of person in 1989 who would have been like, what kind of band is this? Like, what the fuck is this? You know? And now, of course, we, you know, we, we're as fish fans, you look back and you're like, right. yeah, these are songs they do. These are things, you know, we we have an intrinsic understanding of like this. But you you don't want to, you know, the girl who wants to who's like, you guys are so great. Like, that's the type of person who I don't you know, I, we're making fun yeah. of her in a way, but it's like we're the, we're her. You know what I mean? Like, it's the type of person who's yeah. like, yeah, I'm into <laughs> it. Like, whatever you <laughs> like, this is rad. Like you, what you guys are doing, it's cool. Um, so. The idea of doing yes level composition slash jazz standards slash fake punk songs slash you know whatever it's it's um it's sti- it, it, 1989 you know what was music like at that Whew. time it was not it was not <laughs> formidable to that you know or whatever it was not, it was uh, it was a different environment in that time so anyway our next track is the bout of Curtis Lowe Dan uh, the man named Curtis Lowe I I like the guy. As a as a person, seems he seems cool. cool enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, Kev, the uh, this so the early versions of this. The well, I I don't even know if it's all the early versions. This version, having heard this one live now, it just feels more developed than this version that we're hearing. And and it, to be completely honest, and I hate to say it, but it's really not one of my favorite covers. Um, I had a very brief like love affair with this song, but. At this point, we're just kind of ships in the night. Um, I went pretty low on this one. I only gave it three and a half fins. But to make up for that, I am doubly sneaking, uh, sneak attacking you. Sneak attack. Ooh, God, I get it better every time. Oh, so no. that's two in one show. No. Yeah, you see? This is what I mean. It gets better every time. I, you can't prepare for it because I'm going to... It's gonna get nuts. It's like the 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 greatest storm ever, the biggest whatever that uh, thing with Russell Crowe is called. Like you think you saw a wave, here comes a wave. Um, <laughs> how many times, approximately? And this is kind of a surprising number. 
has Fish played this song total in their career? Oh man. Um I have no idea, so of course I'm venturing a guess. I'll say thirty-five. Oh, you were almost close enough for me to give you credit. Uh forty-six times. But I kind of want to mm. give you credit because you guessed as you guessed lower than I would have thought. You know what well, I mean? Because they did it a bu- They must have done it a bunch around this time too, right? So yeah, yeah. So it would have. It felt like it would be more, but that's a pretty good. That's. I don't know good, a lot of shows from around this time, so if I maybe, my interest yeah. began a little late after this period, so <laughs> there might be stuff. I think that if someone asked me, I would have said like eighty something or whatever. So, <laughs> to me, that that feels like. Eh, I don't know. That feels like a successful sneak attack. I don't know. I was off by. It should be like there should be a range, you know, like over under. You should give me an over under, and then you've won every episode of this podcast. That's what we've determined. So, which is just um, uh, the winner of this contest. That is no contest. It's uh, <laughs> the loser has to buy the winner um, a first class one way ticket to Albuquerque. <laughs> I thought it was that. Um, the, your ship to Quebec would c- go to Albuquerque. That would be great. Take the yeah. Mississippi and then you just drag the ship across the desert. Yeah. Like that um, Herzog movie. Absolutely. We all know that this podcast is inevitably leading over Herzog. We are going to drag a ship across the Amazon mountains. No, I want to know what Werner Herzog's. Here's my impression of Dan. I am giving this song five fins. Not for any good reason, <laughs> but because I can. There's something in the artistic nature of, of Dan's fin rankings. It just it drives me crazy. Two men waste their time ranking songs from a ridiculous band. If you ever looked into the <laughs> eyes of a Dan, <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing only, there. It's lifeless. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there's just candy behind those <laughs> eyes. We didn't get to my thoughts about uh, about Curtis Lowe. You know, I got to say, like, I, I've been, <laughs> like, listening to this song a bunch, uh, you know. A lot. A lot over the past uh, few days. I know the words. It uh, you and I didn't hear this at uh, you know do the drop our first show, but we did hear (laughs) it our second show. (laughs) And uh, you know, it's one of those songs that I think I more so than the Leonard Skinnerd cover that it is. I associate it with the version we saw at MSG in 2011 so i think that um yeah and specifically the woman next to us who was like what sh- song is this and you would you knew what it was immediately and i was like damn dan's really doing his research um wow, so I didn't remember you know that. wow yeah good job dan it's the only time that i only time that that, that ever totally happened, happened. Yeah. so you know i i i like uh I, I like this song more than you do um but also i think it's just sort of um there's a little of nostalgia playing in with that maybe but to hear this again i think uh folding it in with the argument i've made a hundred times is that it's kind of the bar bandiness this fits into that and i think it works out real well for me so i went with 4.3 um so we're 
we're off. Look but at us. Not by, not by a ton. Look, <laughs> who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Our next track is uh, okay. So I also wanted to ask you this. I noticed we had a problem with the last one where there was that Karini into fuck your face. We really should have folded that all into one. Right. Well, I did rate these two different. Okay. I didn't, but that's fine, right? That's otherwise it does it doesn't matter. Um so it's for it's Colonel Forbin's ascent into fly famous Mac. I can be talked into con- combining these into one score though. It I doesn't think. matter to me. Um I I went with five and for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned before that I just like okay. the um I can get talked y- into that. Yeah, because I, I just like again, this is I actually if I had a specific point about these is I thought I mentioned the kind of walking on eggshells like um, you know, sort of hesitancy. Yeah. I thought that on these tracks, they sounded really good, especially uh, Mockingbird. Hearing it at this pace and this right. level seems, it's sort of along the lines, weirdly, in this connected in my mind of like, take the A-Train and the jazzy stuff, where I was like, oh, right, this is like them doing a, sort of a version of that, where I think in my brain before that, I had always connected it with like, you know, uh, like the dragging your progressive rocky stuff, <laughs> dragging my dragging my weary brain, <laughs> throwing my weary brain down the mountain. I was like, oh, it's kind of like you know, uh, d- pr- prog rocky kind of thing. But it really the mocking mockingbird part that it's very jazzy, and so the way they do it is yeah. kind of um. It, it's sort of jovial and <laughs> kind of fits within the vibe of that in a way that the song can be such um, epic <laughs> things like the Forbin's Mockingbird in the 90s. Um, but I actually really enjoyed the, the, the vibe of this a lot. So I went with fives for both of them. But I was, um, you know, I, d- I didn't know if you felt specifically about is this like a pairing that because obviously they do these songs you know, together. So I don't know if this was one that you felt differently about the individual songs. Right. Yeah. I, I I think, I think it definitely can fit together. Um, with this one, it was weird because Forbin's kind of felt different without the, uh, like with, I think with mostly with pages set up, it feels a little bit different, like a little bit, um, quieter in a way. But, uh, like I said, I'm willing to be talked up to giving both of them a five. And uh, I think I'll agree with that. Because Mockingbird, when they get there, like you said, it's just it's great. It's on point. It's a um, little manic too, like the speed of it and stuff. It's just good. And, but you can tell they've been playing all night, and the, they're really feeling it when they get there. So, yeah. I feel like with Forbins, I rated solely based on how funny I find it when Trey says dragged his weary shit ass up the mountain. <laughs> up the mountain. Yeah. If if I laugh yeah. audibly, then it, that's like a five. You know, if I smirk, maybe a four. If I do like a <laughs> type of thing, maybe that's a four and a half. But yeah. <laughs> so we're yeah. going with the five a fivers yeah. across the board here. I think that that's, I think, you know, it's 1989 and this is like a song that's they're doing late in the set, which <laughs> that's another thing where it's like, you talk about the primordial soup of fish. This is like <laughs> what we're doing here. Um, uh, the song Whipping Post. 
which we've already oh. talked about from the, the 1999 version, but this is uh, literally 10 years before that. This is a song by the Allman Brothers, if you don't know that. If you don't know that, that's uh, I feel bad for you, but also happy that you are going to oh. get to experience like really cool music. You ever have that where you're like, man, can I you... I wish I could hear Whipping Post for the first time again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Can you do a brain surgery like some Netflix show where they zap my brain and I've never heard the Whipping Post from uh, <laughs> Bill Maurice again? I get to hear for the first time. I thought Whipping Post was, was great. The yeah. one from 1999, I know I was like all crazy about, and I still am. That's that's one that means a lot to me. This one is good. They're they're in the frame of mind of the, again, and this is very much like very in the slate of, you know, bands yeah. bar bands in 1989 playing Whipping Post like they were far from alone <laughs> in this kind of practice. Um, but the thing of it, uh, but better and and uh, this is great. I I liked it a lot. Uh, Page on the organ, which we haven't talked about a lot. The organ sound is uh, you know. He didn't have a full organ <laughs> like he does now, so it's a little <laughs> leaves a little to be desired, and it's um, I think too high in the mix. Like we do lose a little of the low end, but again, try not to be picky about that. Um, I actually really liked what the, he does on here with that, and it sort of is like a uh, it's kind of like a different take on it. It's, uh, definitely different than the one we heard from 1989, but also like uh, just like sort of a different take on the jam it felt like a more uh sort of organ washed <laughs> like different sort of um sound coming from the band and it was more of a i don't know like it wasn't super exploratory but nothing in the show is super exploratory it, it, but it, 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 it pushed right. up against the border of of as exploratory as they were going to go here. So I enjoyed it. It's not, I wouldn't say it's fantastic, but it's like, you know, it's one of those like hypothetical, like if I was coming off a hard day of work and somebody's like, you want to hear Fish yeah. play a uh, whipping post from 1989? <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, I, I absolutely <laughs> do. So I went with a 4.7 ranking on wow. uh, whipping post. Wow. Um, I mean, look, sometimes I feel, right? Especially after a long day. <laughs> Sometimes I feel giving the song Whipping Post a little bit of extra love. I gave it five and a half fins. Nice. It's not quite a six. I didn't want to do that because that would have felt like overstating it. But man, some of the flurries of guitar and stuff and like it's 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 kind of the opposite of what I was saying earlier about like the tone and stuff where with a song like Whipping Post, you can get that much tone out of having f so few things on stage. I'm like, all right, credit where credit's due. You filled up, because obviously, you know, any covering any Allman Brothers song, like, you're going to need a lot of sound to make it 
good enough to be a legitimate cover. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people on stage when the Allman Brothers play. So, yeah, but I give it five and a half. Better than a five, but not a six. That's That was my reasoning. Great song. I love that we have listened to two versions of it and probably have not heard a version of The Curtain With. Uh, <laughs> what are the odds? You know, there's a possibility <laughs> that if you let me pick fishes that I might have some desire to pick ones that have whipping post. I don't know. There's no way to tell. And <laughs> before we think too much about it, let's just go on to our next track, which is the song Karina, um, which is this. I yeah. didn't look up the origins, but I know they're doing the Taj Mahal version. Karina is uh, a track I really like, and I have to say this is one of those ones that I really enjoy as one of the cool down sort of it's it, it it fits this great vibe of not being a super slow kind of ballady sad kind of song but it can kind of fill in yeah you know, this uh with that said <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> as a set closer it's a little strange i mean yeah. the again i think the period of time we're talking about it's you you picture people they're leaving a bar you know what i mean <laughs> like it's like <laughs> there's people who went to whatever this place you know they went to the front to watch fish and i'm sure there's people who went there because there was a band playing and they got drinks you know what i mean <laughs> like it's not the kind of thing that we're thinking about now in terms of them so maybe it makes more sense in that context with that said there's a lot of energy between the uh, you know the set closer and the encore of people wanting them to play one more song, one more song, one more, one more. But uh, yeah, you know I like Karina a lot. Uh, this is a this is a cool song. This is a great uh, another example of this is bar bandy, but it's kind of like a really cool along the lines of like Walk Away, where it's like not an expected cover. So I liked uh, I liked uh, Karina a lot, um, and I went with four point two fins on Karina. Whoa, reversal of uh of of persona here. I just went with a four. I kind of just gave it an auto four, to be honest with you. Um, I don't have much to say about it. It's a weird spot, you know. I don't wanna. I don't wanna call. Yeah. The whatever the number it's is for the placement patrol. Too late patrol, to call them at <sighs> placement patrol at this point. They're already asleep, you know. Yeah, they've, uh, they've they've gone. I mean, they make up for it. I feel like with the next one, but. To end, oh, yeah. if they had ended the set with Whipping Post, that that just seems. It's like you said, though. Yeah. They're, they're playing at a bar. Yeah. There's 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 people leaving the bar at that point. It's right before the encore. It's a good. It would be a good song to be walking away from somewhere. You know, I feel like if I didn't know Fish and I was just at a bar, and Fish was playing, and I was walking away and they were playing like a sweet song, I might be like, "This is a really cool song." Yeah. No, I mean, I think that. That's kind of that's all I can kind of make of both this closing this set and like all blues being at the beginning of the second set. It's just kind of like, yeah, we're you know we're just doing we're doing our thing. You know, we're, you know. But then at the that ends, um, and then like I said, the crowd's really into it. They're like, come on, one more, yeah. one more, and the band comes out and plays David Bowie, their song, the Fish song, David Bowie, sandwiches galore. <laughs> 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 Slap it, Joe. Slap it, slap it, Joe. I should say, before we get any further, I have an important thing to say about this David Bowie. Cannonball! Is, um, 
They do the Batman thing. Shout out to Silent Third Podcaster Mike. Loves Batman. Who and Fish. Well, and and we've never seen Batman and him in the same room. Facts speaking. So I mean, very true. Um, we can't prove anything, and you can't prove it either. He has eaten at Gotham Pizza, so I mean, that seems to be his one of his favorite pizza places. He used to be able to access the roof to his mom's apartment. Was that because he wanted to, or was that because he was looking for crime? I don't know. Did he see a signal? He didn't we, say it to us, but we don't know. We don't like actually factually know that. We definitely rushed inside a few times. <laughs> so, anyway, despite all of that, I enjoyed David Bowie. I <laughs> me too. Thought it was really good. Uh, no, it's it it's great. And one thing about this that I thought uh, for myself as uh, a person who uh, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, uh, Dan. Um, so it's a personal confession, but I like <laughs> jamming a lot. I like jam. I like oh. jamming. I like bands that jam. I like jamming. Jamming. I've heard that. Really I think I've heard that. Yeah, so about you, someone's told me that. Uh, I don't remember. Who. This was such a much needed kind of shot in the arm, <laughs> jam wise, compared to the rest of the set uh, or the rest of the show. In some ways, like you get good uh, jams coming out of like hood, divided sky, and stuff. But like you don't um, jam right. But like uh, for. A lot of stuff, especially in this area, you know, it's just it's early on. They're still very uh, songy, in a in a way that <laughs> most bands are, <laughs> right? When coming out of um, <laughs> writing these songs, and they're writing very complex, uh, different things, and uh, and and Bowie is one of those as well. And I think this is a great example of uh, it's it's cool to have this as an encore because kind of points to the future. Of where the uh, where the band's going, like Yam and like Divided Sky, I also gave this a four point six. I felt oh. like it was. I think that's a score I like because it sort of signifies you're more than a four point five. But that's as far as <laughs> I'm willing to go. <laughs> um, I like the beginning of the jam a lot, and I think Trey really takes the reins and drives it into sort of weird and like sort of. Uh, he seems kind of angry <laughs> <laughs> or something in this. And just uh, temperamentally in the jam, he's sort of like an anger force. And I, I really appreciate the, the first like half of this jam, I think is great. Trey kind of saves it by 
being like, oh, I can do like Eddie Van Halen <laughs> level <laughs> shredding to kind of send this audience home. So it's got a lot going for it in that sense. But yeah, it's kind of it's interesting to hear. Um, you know, we've done 90 shows. We've done shows from more recent times. How when you hear them in this period, they are they're not quite ready for, for that, but all the pieces are right there. You know, you can tell that the band's ready to jam like that. You can tell that Trey's ready to be the kind of band leader he's going to be in the 90s. How did you feel about this? Song? Um, well, I went with a five, uh, basically entirely based on, like you were saying, towards the end there where Trey is like, let me just do some Van Halen level guitar work and uh everyone <laughs> will be fine and i was like you're right man you know you got me you got me you got me trey so uh i went with a five that's all i have to say about that so going into today i had 34 extra fins and uh technically i would have added more but i decided not to <laughs> so i'm leaving with Whoa! you on the other hand came in with 22.1 and you were leaving with 30.6 the matchup is getting close now i might have to actually start taking extra fins but i don't think i will i think um we've proven that pretty much you win this uh every time even though it's like uh i mean we've been close before but i find a way We've been close before, and then I, I sort of have pulled away in terms of like having more, but I don't want to have <laughs> I, I, I don't want to have too many, and I don't want to do math. I just want the rankings to be fun. <laughs> and I want to be able to give out extra fins, but I didn't think that this was super worthy of those, and I wanted to bring this up as kind of a concluding thought, which is that um, in the, my experience listening to fish in the '80s is that I think like they are so good at doing something in my opinion like you know a look range or on your way down or right. even like a walk away um or a curve low <laughs> even in some way like i think that they can pull off stuff like that super well and when i hear the versions of the songs that they're going to end up being great you know like the yam divided sky um the divided sky is kind of like a I think that that they actually kind of do nail that, but like, even like a Golgi apparatus or like Susie or Harry Hood, like it just feels like those are the types of songs that, for me, when I'm listening to this, I'm like, this is tough to rank because it's somewhere between a four and a five, but it's not extra ever, because <laughs> it's like they're just not <laughs> there yet. It's like it's good right. and they're good. And Trey's amazing, like, especially considering these guys are, like, 25, 23, 24, 25. Like, they're not, you know, they're still kind of getting their feet wet in this whole world. And also, they're, you know, actively rebelling, I think, in some ways against the idea the of becoming system, a The system, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they did the song Anarchy. Anarchy! <laughs> um, no, but th th they're actively rebelling against the idea of being a band that does Mustang Sally. You know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, you have to graduate from, like, that's the kind of thing that when, like, Jeff Holdsworth was in the band would have been a thing that they did. And I think hearing this period, for me, that's kind of the big revelation is, like, I... I like it because, you know, you're hearing almost a band go from almost a basic sort of bar band level thing to graduating to this other level that we now know and appreciate. 
Uh, so there's a charm in hearing the early period and the later period, but um, I think that they don't get to, in my opinion, they don't really transcend that until the 1990s. But I wondered how you felt about it going back to an 89 tape, Dan. What what do you what do you think about it? Um, I do think I agree with you about the 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 transcendental nature of going from the 80 the, the 80s to the 90s. Um, but it was really fun. I think listening to this tape was just super fun. Like it kind of gave me a lot of nostalgia. It being three sets was really interesting because when you first look at the song list, you're like, "Oh wow, how did this work?" But then you're like, "Oh okay, it's three sets." Yeah, it was it was fun. This was a fun show. I still don't know that I'll be digging back into the '80s unless I'm uh, told to, for the most part. But yeah, super right. fun, super yeah. cool to see where the band was at that time and how good they were already at that time is pretty astonishing. Thank you so much if you are listening. And we do actually have an email account, and it is actually five fins mailbag, P H I V E P H I N S mailbag at gmail.com. It's not even. And it's like a quarter joke. Please. It's only half a joke, but there's zero emails. And at this point, I'm scared that people will do not it. email it because they don't want to be. Even if we know you. Like, <laughs> we're not, like, just do, it's not going to be bad. We're not going to make could. fun of you on the podcast unless you want us to. Unless you're like, please make fun of this email, and then we'll do it. But <laughs> outside of that, you know what I mean? But thank you so much for listening. We will be back next month with some more content for, for you for you people. Thanks, world. Out there in the world. Um, and Especially you, Finland. You. Yes, exactly. Goodbye, Goodbye, world, for another month. Thank you, Finland. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Finland. That's, the, that's our new sign-off. All right. We're, we'll see you next thank time. You, thank you, Finland, wherever so you are. Thank you, Finland. <laughs> Thank you.